Hello and welcome to the Bankers podcast series, Banking Under Pressure, exploring how the financial services industry is coping with the COVID-19 pandemic. In this series, the banker editors are interviewing industry experts from around the world to gather insights and advice on specific challenges, best practices and innovations that can help banks and their customers manage during these tough times. I'm Joy McKnight, Managing Editor of The Banker, and my guests this week are Babs Ogundiai, CEO of Kuda Bank, which is a Nigerian full-service digital-only bank with a banking license, and Raj Kulasingam, who's Senior Counsel at Denton's, who is an investor and also the legal advisors. So thanks so much for joining me, Babs and Raj. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. So obviously the situation is changing around the world quite rapidly, but I know Nigeria has now closed its borders for up to four weeks as of uh, 23rd of March. So Babs, what is the situation like in Nigeria? How is the government responding to the threat of the coronavirus pandemic beyond closing the borders? COVID-19 is, you know, it's really kind of just changed the way we think about things and, you know, business and interactions. And I think the good thing for us is, you know, in Nigeria, we've been able to see what has been happening sort of everywhere else all over the world, um, which has kind of helped us in understanding sort of what to do. There's a lot of sort of um, information on, you know, social media, on the radio, on TV, just educating um, Nigerians about what exactly COVID is um, and, and, you know, the implications of it. So that's the first stage. People have to know um, what's happening and, and, and what this sort of this virus can do. And the second level is then just pretty much shutting down as much as possible. Um, so the government have closed all schools um, or sort of social hangouts, so bars, restaurants have all been shut down. Um, only essential um, sort of vendors, like like markets that sell food, mm-hmm. uh, are being left open. And even at that, you know, they're being moved into sort of areas that promote sort of social distancing. So typically in Africa or in Nigeria, we have like a lot of closed markets. Mm-hmm. These markets are being moved to, especially in Lagos State, they're being moved to schools that sort of have big compounds and you can actually just go into a store and you don't have to be too close to, to everybody else. So these are kind of some of the measures that have been taken. Are people respecting, you know, the government's instructions? I think it depends on the state. Nigeria is quite big. Mm-hmm. So um, the more education and the more people understand, then the more they're respected. So, I mean, where I live, for example, I live in Ikori in Lagos, quite a, you know, the, the roads are pretty quiet now. So, you know, most people actually understand and appreciate um, sort of the implications of, of, of staying in and, and, and how positive that is to containing this virus. So I think there's still a little bit more work to be done in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, educating people. You know, nobody's going to willingly walk into fire, you know. So the more you're able to tell people that, look, there's a fire burning, um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, people will will obey sort of the, the stay-at-home policy. Okay. So, Baz, can you tell me a little bit about Kuda Bank's business model, its success so far, and then also how you're responding to this crisis? We set up 
CUDA Bank because we believe that um, financial services all over the world is, is expensive. And it's more so because, you know, when you're in, a, in an environment that the level of affluence isn't as high. So, you know, in Africa, people don't earn as much as in Europe. So, you know, the, the cost of banking is, is even more. Our policy is to build a bank that, you know, it's a free bank, exactly the first free bank in Nigeria. Um, and our tagline is called the Bank of the Free. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea is you should be able to access a bank account easily without having to leave your house, without having to do, you know, any kind of traveling. Um, so that's the first thing. So you can open a CUDA account right on your phone within two minutes and do all the KYC necessary to get an actual bank account. And then the next stage is you should be able to start transacting without having to leave your house. So you can transfer, you know, do peer-to-peer, you can do savings, you can very soon you'll be able to um, get access to credit. So all of these things you can do again without leaving where you are. So saving costs, traveling costs, and also saving um, costs on actual transactions. And we make money based, you know, just leveraging on the deposits that we take. So the more people have accounts and the more money they, they put into their Kuda bank account, the more money we make. Um, so that's pretty much the, 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 the model. We issue you a debit card. Again, you don't need to go and pick it up in a bank as, as is normal here in Nigeria. We actually deliver it to your doorstep. So all of these things make it you know, really possible for absolutely everybody to, to have access to, to a bank account that they can afford. So it has to be accessible, affordable, and rewarding. So just to add to that, what Bab was saying, you know, first of all, I, I, I love the, the tagline of Bank of the Free. I think it just says everything. But I think it actually fits in, and as with all these things, you only know after the event, it fits in with what's happening today, which is, you know, social distancing and, and then leading to, you know, various levels of quarantining. This is actually the perfect um, solution to social distancing and quarantining where you effectively can can do stuff from the safety um, of your phone and where you happen to be at that time. And you've seen a lot of success, a lot of take up. With very, very little um, sort of marketing, we've literally um, grown from a base of 500 Alpha customers into opening tens of thousands of accounts every single month. So because it's easy to open and it's, it's easy to access, it's affordable, it's a no-brainer for, for, for many banking consumers. And we are getting um, customers from traditional banks, but also surprisingly, even though we haven't targeted them, getting people that typically are not really um, using financial service products as much. So people mm-hmm. in the remotest areas of, of the country, so up, up in the northern part of Nigeria, for example, typically it's very difficult to access those regions, but you know they have Kruder accounts, just again, because it's so easy to open an account and it's so affordable to use it. Raj, as an investor, what made this proposition so interesting to you? A good friend of mine who's also an, an angel investor, I've known for a long while, who went to school with Babs recommended um, that I should talk to Babs, and you know that that whole idea of a warm introduction always kind of works, right? So so I took the meeting. Is the first thing. Um, second thing is once I understood 
um, what the opportunity and what they were trying to do, it really resonated with me for a number of different things, for a number of different reasons. One is, you know, the, the whole world is going digital and I've spent 20 years working in Sub-Saharan Africa and in Nigeria. And I know from, from you know, all the friction points there are of doing banking transactions in these countries. And, you know, the fact that they were proposing a, a fairly frictionless platform really sort of encouraged me to, to, to invest. And, and I think the other thing was the opportunity. What's the opportunity? So first of all, Nigeria is 200 million people, but I don't see this, and I don't think Babs and the team there sees either as a Nigerian bank. I think it's, it's what we are looking to be is, is an African bank that is starting off in Nigeria, which is the biggest um, economy on the continent, um, and also pulling in um, the diaspora market where you know, all over the world, there's a huge diaspora market for not only Nigerians, but other Africans. And then the final thing was the fact that although it's a Nigerian subsidiary, it's actually a, a UK company that's the holding company. So we are looking to be a financial business being regulated in the UK by you know, all the best practices of the UK financial sector. How do you think that the coronavirus pandemic is really accelerating the drive towards digital banking? If you look at Africa as a whole, there has been an increasing push towards, um, you know, using the use of the mobile phone um, as a means of transacting. So, you know, it started off in M-Pesa in, in Kenya, and it's literally, you know, lit a torch for the rest of Africa. The, the two things have come together at the same time. Mobile phone coverage, falling in the price of data, better accessibility, better financial education. I really think that, you know, all of these things together has made digital banking becoming become such a, a, a very important part of that ecosystem. And I think it really has come to its own in this current crisis because, you know, I, I'll give you an example. So one of the things that people use for validating your identity is is using your fingerprint. And now government is saying, hey, as you actually using a fingerprint means that uh, you're actually potentially increasing the the uh, the, the risk of spreading uh, COVID-19. So having a phone and effectively using your facial recognition, by the way, which is then connected to, in the case of Nigeria, the BVN, the banking system, and you can open an account, reduces that risk as well. The other point is people are going out less. How do you buy stuff? Um, and now you've got a, a phone in your, in your pocket and you're able to transact through that. It's also combined with better financial literacy. And I think governments and educators everywhere are trying to promote better financial literacy. So everything's come together at the same time. So I think you know this is actually an opportunity for a digital bank like CUDA to really push through its message. Looking at our internal data, um, we've actually, we are witnessing a, an uptake in accounts being opened. We've had a lot more requests about our product, um, just again, because people don't want to have to go to the branch. They don't want to have to necessarily deal with cash, especially um, when it comes to things like customer service, um, which we are already built to handle um, with, the, with the current state of the traditional banks, you literally have to go to the bank um, to sort of, to fix anything, to, to have you know, your issues resolved. Bringing CUDA to the forefront, you know, making us a very, very viable product. Do you think that the pandemic is really going to have any impact on your business model? And I'm, I'm also wondering, you know, is all your staff now working from home? You know, how have you really coped with the new situation, Babs? 
the only change really has been we all now work from home and we have been doing that for the last sort of two and a half weeks as part of our scope of how we work a couple of days in the week of remote work anyway and all we've simply done is just extended this and our customers we transact with them via messaging anyway so there's an in-app chat for any issues um, um, that, that needs to be resolved and, and, and whatnot so it's business as usual on the commercial side because people aren't spending as much money because they're at home we've noticed that you know, transactions are reduced however we've noticed an increased level of deposits so because people aren't spending as much money we have more money that that we're holding um therefore we're able to actually make more money um and also as i said earlier on we've noticed that more people are opening quarter accounts because of um the crisis it hasn't affected us adversely um up till now and, and we don't expect that to to change into the foreseeable future and i think one of the things that i'm sort of um you know with babs talking to babs and the rest of the team is actually saying well this is actually an opportunity for us to accelerate our growth if you look at what's happening in the market today most banks are unable to transact so you know the fact that we are able to transact just must mean that now is the time for us to push our message out um, as quickly as possible. Excellent. So maybe my last question, Raj, is to you, which is really about what kind of impact do you think this will have on the global investment climate for fintechs? Prior to this, you know, there was a huge wall of money um, that, and you've seen, you've seen it in, you know, with SoftBank, you've seen it with, uh, you know, all of the fintech the unicorns, etc., and and everyone was chasing fintech fintech businesses across the world. You, you know, Revolut just raised, I don't know, 500 million at 5.5 billion valuation, et cetera. I think what's happened with this is that kind of everyone's just pausing right now and saying, okay, what does this actually mean for all these businesses? And like, and, and I think it really depends on a number of things. Now it depends on what type of businesses and what state it's at. I think most investors are just saying, let's pause for a little while and work out how this is all going to unfold? How does it affect um, the companies that either we've invested in or we're looking to invest in? I know for a fact that you know I was looking personally at about three or four investments. One I've almost ditched. Um, two or three I'm just sort of taking my time and doing DD and really mm -hmm. asking them hard questions about what does this impact on their business and what are their plans going forward? What how are they taking steps to mitigate the impact of the business? Um, but I, at the same time, I think also that wall of money hasn't disappeared, so it has to be deployed. So I think you will see you will see investments still being done. It just may be slower. I think definitely fundraising is going to be tougher in the next six months than it was in the past six months. And I think there will be a shift in emphasis on valuations. I think valuations will become, and some people may say valuations were overheated anyway, so this it needed a correction. So I think you will see change in, in valuations as well. But also I think it will depend on the subcategories of, of fintech because um, you know there, there are just there are some businesses which are just payment processing, there are some businesses that are digital banks, um, there are some businesses which are sort of halfway between completely digital and non-digital. Mm. So it, it really depends on the type of business. But I think that my bottom line is that the good businesses will survive. Mm. Um, and and will probably thrive, um, and the bad ones will 
may not survive or you know will get bought out um mm -hmm. I, I also think that you know this might be a time for the bad ones or well, maybe not bad ones but the less strong ones could be bought out by the incumbent banks as well so that's mm -hmm. something that could happen as well um, but i'm pretty positive still in the long in the medium to long term about the sector as a whole i think that correction is a good thing to happen because i i felt that some of the valuations i was seeing was just madness so i'm still positive about the sector Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Babs. Thank you, Raj, uh, for all your insights. To keep up to date, subscribe to our weekly podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, and Acast, and follow our discussions at thebanker.com slash podcasts. Thank you very much for listening. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.